It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. You are Locked On Magic, your daily podcast on the Orlando Magic. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And you're indeed Locked On Magic. Today is January 15th, 2019. My name is Philip Rossenreich. I'm the expert and site editor over at OrlandoMagicDaily.com. Happy to be with you here on a Tuesday. You can, of course, follow me on Twitter at philiprr underscore omd. Well, we've done our best to avoid it as much as we can, but yes, it is that time of the year, and yes, we got a little Woj bomb. Not, not a big one. It's really more of a Woj peppering. You know, perhaps it was a, a, our Killian battle cruiser sending out the, the warning shot 24 hours before the actual attack. If you get that reference, you are my favorite person in the world. Uh, but we did get our first batch of real NBA trade rumors. And, and with the Magic uh, in the weird position they are, it's now time to talk the cost of doing business. I'll break down the rumors that have already come out and then discuss what we've learned about the Magic's trade posture, because I, I don't think really discussing the specific rumors is, is as important. We'll talk about the trade posture that the Magic are in as the trade deadline gets three weeks away, or three weeks until the NBA trade deadline. But before we do any of that, I want to remind you all that you can check out all the great podcasts on the Lockdown Podcast Network by searching on iTunes for Lockdown and your favorite team. Want to get the lowdown on Dennis Smith Jr.? or the New Orleans Pelicans. We'll talk about them in a moment. Check out Locked On Mavericks and Locked On Pelicans. They both do a great job covering their teams. The Pelicans, I know, got a big win over the LA Clippers on Monday night. Want to get ready for the Detroit Pistons? You check out Locked On Pistons. should probably do that tomorrow because I think we're going to be chatting a little bit about the, the lamentations of being in ninth place. Actually, the Magic now a half game ahead of the Pistons thanks to their loss to the Utah Jazz. Lots to get to, of course, and lots of podcasts has to do with the same kind of detail and obsessiveness that you find here on Locked On Magic. There's one for every team in the NBA, plus a national perspective on Locked On NBA, fantasy perspective on Locked On Fantasy Basketball, and of course, MLB, NFL, and colleges too. The Locked On Podcast Network is your team every day. Check them all out. Just go on iTunes and search for Locked On plus the team you are looking for. The Orlando Magic are going to be at the center of a lot of trade discussions. There's no doubt about this. It's no secret that the Orlando Magic are searching for a deal. They want to get something done. They know the roster is incomplete. They know they're a rebuilding team. They know they have work to do. And the only way to do that is to change the lineup. No matter how well this Magic team plays, and they have played well for the most part, 
no matter how close this team stays in the playoff race, it does not change the basic fact that this is still largely the same roster the last six years. It still has something of a ceiling. And it, no offense to the guys, it isn't a championship roster. And if a championship is ultimately the goal, then yes, the roster needs to turn over. Jeff Weltman, John Hammond want to put their imprint on this team. And as much as they like the success they're having, and, and, I, and I, I would imagine they do, and they're not going to complain about it, there is still work to do. And as I've said, said here before, every trade, every rumored deal, every possibility for the Magic, Every action that they make from the front office standpoint, not from the coaching standpoint, will have a long-term bent to it. We sit here today, the Orlando Magic are game out of the playoffs, and that is fantastic. My belief is the Magic will not do anything to sabotage that. They won't do anything to make their playoff chances or positioning worse. But if they can find a way to make the team better in the short term, as well as improve it in the long term, bring it up, uh, they will do so. If there's a move that sacrifices a long-term asset for the short-term game of making the playoffs, they will not do it. There is a very, at least at this point, a very narrow window in which the Magic can kind of work to make deals. They will not hurt their short-term prospects They will not do anything that hurts their long-term gains as well. Very, very, you know, there are really three types of deals in this league. Short-term sacrificing the future. Long-term sacrificing the short-term are the two big ones. The Magic are trying to squeeze through a short-term gain, long-term gain. Very, very difficult to do. And then there are silly moves that, that teams do, like when the Magic traded Tobias Harris for Brandon Jennings and Ersan Lysova. That was a silly move. And so it, it, it's it's the rumor that came out on Monday night from Adrian Wojnarowski that rightfully raised more than a few eyebrows because it's the exact kind of player and move the Magic should be targeting. At around 9 o'clock on Monday evening, Adrian Wojnarowski tweeted, and I will quote it because I do think every word in the phrasing is important. Adrian Wojnarowski of ESPN.com tweeted, the Dallas Mavericks are escalating discussions to find a trade for point guard Dennis Smith Jr. League sources tell ESPN. Phoenix and Orlando have engaged in ongoing talks with Mavs. Smith Jr. has sat out three straight games with what team is termed a sore back. It's not abundantly clear exactly what the issue is in Dallas. At least from an outside perspective, I would highly suggest you listen to Locked On Mavericks. I know I will listen to their breakdown of why now is the time to, quote, escalate discussions to find a trade for Dennis Smith Jr. It it always felt inevitable that this would happen, though. Dennis Smith Jr. is a ball-dominant scoring guard. He needs the ball in his hands to attack the basket. He's going to be a volume shooter. He's probably never going to be super efficient. He is an improving three-point shooter, but not a great three-point shooter. He is a scorer from the point guard position. 
And Dallas went out and drafted one of the best one of those in the world in their last draft, in Luka Doncic. And that has certainly pushed Dennis Smith Jr. out of the picture. It has certainly made Dennis Smith Jr. somewhat expendable to them. And roughly the same amount of minutes, 29.7 minutes per game last year to 27.7 minutes per game this year, Smith is averaging 4.2 field goal attempts fewer per game, although shooting more efficiently. He's making 37.5% of his three-point attempts, which is better than he was his rookie year, 31.3. The scoring average is down from 15.2 to 12.6 points per game. His assists are down 5.2 to 3.9 assists per game. His usage rate is down from 28.9 to 22.8%. Quite frankly, he's being used a lot less. The ball in his, is in his hands a lot less. And that's not really his style of play. So, there was always a fit issue here. Are there other issues? I don't know. I would say that the urgency with which Woj tweeted, suggesting that Dallas is trying to get rid of him, before the end of his second season raises red flags for me. That there's something else going on here that may not necessarily be related to his play on the court as to why they're trying to deal him. Smith has started all 28 games that he's played. They they tried to make it work. But something is not working about this that again, Dallas seems to be ringing the alarm bell to get rid of him now. I always felt like there's certainly a possibility and the inevitability that Dallas would have to trade Dennis Smith Jr. But I always felt like they could kind of pick and when they chose to do it. They didn't have to do it immediately. Apparently they do. And of course, Orlando is one of the teams interested. And interestingly enough, a reporter from Phoenix said that the Suns and Davericks haven't really discussed anything involving Dennis Smith Jr., So it makes you wonder exactly why this tweet is coming out. Why this report is coming out. Who is leaking this information? Again, I make these reminders at every trade deadline. Focus less on the rumor and who's involved, and I know I'm going to spend a lot of time kind of breaking this down. Focus less on the rumor and the possibilities and ask, why is this information coming out? Who benefits from this information coming out? You could certainly argue that maybe Dallas is trying to drum up more interest. They aren't happy with the offers that they've maybe gotten. They thought they called Phoenix. They called Orlando. Thought these two teams need point guards. Let's try and get. Let's try and talk a deal. Make something favorable to us. They're desperate. They're not finding anything they like. Maybe Dennis Smith's camp is leaking this, saying we want out. This situation is not good. Here is Phoenix. Here is Orlando. We'd like them to be involved. We think that that would be a better situation. Who knows? I'm, it's all pure speculation. But let me go back to this. Yes, Orlando needs a point guard. Yes, adding in a nice young player to grow with this core would be a benefit to the team. Yes, Orlando needs someone who can create his own shot. And while Dennis Smith Jr. struggled a little bit with his efficiency as a rookie, which you would expect from a high-usage rookie, He is someone that can get his own shot for the most part, or at least get to the basket and cause a little chaos. But 
He's also struggling from beyond the arc, shooting only 68.1% from the foul line this year. Not good at drawing fouls, only 2.6 free throw attempts per game in his nearly 30 minutes per game. For For a big driver like that, that is concerning. But Magic fans were in love with him in the draft process last year. But I would also note that despite that, despite the Magic interviewing him once before they hired Jeff Weltman and interviewing him again after they hired Jeff Weltman, the Magic decided to pick Jonathan Isaac, a guy they hadn't talked to very much in that draft. All that information still is relevant. Uh, You know, Smith is still, I'm still interested in Smith. I think that he can do a lot of good things. And I think that, yeah, the situation is not good for him. But there's a lot of elements at play here. And the biggest one is, what would it cost to acquire him? And again, I think you'll kind of see some similar themes, themes here as I, dis- I discuss some of the other rumors involved with the Orlando Magic right now. What would it cost to acquire him? A former lottery pick in his second year, so still tons of potential on a rookie contract, what would Dallas want for him? The early notions were throw Wes Matthews into the deal and then you can start moving some salary around. Would they want a Terrence Ross? Dallas is only three games out of the final playoff spot in the West. Are they still trying to go for the playoffs? How much cap flexibility are they looking for? They're they're, they're a team that doesn't have a lot on their books. Their, Their worst salary is Harrison Barnes. He's got a player option next year for around $25 million. Is that the kind of player the Magic would be willing to take on to get Dennis Smith Jr.? It's obviously very productive, so you'd have to send something productive back, like, say, an Evan Fournier or Terrence Ross. Evan Fournier works a little bit better for the salary. Jonathan Simmons, probably not enough for Dallas to budge on this. Would you have to send over a first-round pick? Would the Magic be willing to send over a first-round pick? Even if it's lottery-protected this year, are the Magic willing to bet that with Dennis Smith Jr. and whatever's left, whether they re-sign Nik- Nikola Vucevic and Terrence Ross or not, that they can make the playoffs and get keep that pick? I'm convinced that the Magic aren't willing to gamble that. And so I think, honestly, their first round pick is off the table. Can you predict when this Magic team's going to make the playoffs? I didn't think so. So I'd keep that first round pick completely off the table. Maybe the OKC pick, but that's really going to be in the 20s. It's not super valuable. And I believe that pick is for 2020. I believe that's a next year first round pick. So that pick doesn't feel super valuable to me. The contours of the deal are really difficult to figure because in every scenario in every scenario, there's that hang up of is Dallas really just going to sell him to sell him? If they are, absolutely go get go get him. I mean, Dallas doesn't have a lot of bad salary, but if they're gonna willing to do a package of Barnes and Smith and you only have to give up Fournier and Simmons, and maybe that OKC pick. Maybe you do it. Do you give up a one-do in that deal? That part, I don't think you do, but it's another thing. Those are a lot of questions. And so, it's important then to go back and remember what are the Magic's goals at the trade deadline? What are they trying to accomplish? And again, those goals are twofold. The primary goal, goal is to find future assets that will help the team in the long term. 
guys that will be with the team when they get over the top. And, and maybe making the playoffs isn't quite over the top, but you know what I mean. A, a, t- a player that fits the long-term vision. So the first question you have to ask with Dennis Smith Jr. is, is he that guy? And I'll leave that answer up to you because while I still think he's very good, uh, and I think that he's the exact kind of player the Magic should be targeting, young players, under cost control for a few more years, uh, that, that won't be a huge expense. I certainly think that that's, that's, that's part of what the Magic want. But the other goal is to make sure the team remains competitive today because all of Orlando's goals are still in front of them. And I would mention, and I think I've mentioned this on Twitter a few times, but I feel like it's important to note here as well, the most important thing the Magic do this season, the most important goal for the Magic to accomplish this season, and really even in the next season, is to regain legitimacy as a franchise. To shed the label that they are a joke. And to prove to the rest of the league, especially free agents, that this is a place you can win. And honestly, more than anything else, that's why I think making the playoffs is important. And the one thing that can undercut that more than anything else is to sit at the deadline on February 7th within striking distance of the playoffs and to give it away for some unknown future. Yes, this Magic team is not the final product. Yes, this Magic team is not ultimately what they want it to be. But you're not going to get there without taking some steps forward, which this franchise has struggled to do for six years. And Orlando's found it difficult to convince free agents to come here because no one had faith that the team could take the steps forward. You make the playoffs, even in a watered-down Eastern Conference, all of a sudden, a free agent looks at Orlando and says, they got something there that I can help take to the next level. They, they got where they are without me. I can get them to the next level if they integrate me and add me on. That's the kind of buy-in that you need. And so, I'll continue to say this, even with the prospect of losing Nikola Vucevic in free agency, Orlando will not trade him if they still have a chance of making the playoffs unless they get a starter quality center in return and they feel Aaron Gordon or Evan Fournier or whoever's coming back in that deal or whoever's left is ready to take the take the lead. That's my firm belief. And so, that's why I find a deal with Dallas to be extremely difficult. There's really no matching salary except for Jonathan Simmons, and Simmons and a first, again, I'm going to be super protective of that first round pick because I'm not willing to bet the Magic are going to make the playoffs in the next two years. That's, that's essentially what giving up your first round pick is. Maybe a lottery protected this year, you make the playoffs, and, and that bet pays off. That's the gamble. If you miss the playoffs this year, you keep that pick, and now it becomes top 10 protected or top 5 protected. Then you're starting to give up a future asset that could be really important for the team moving forward. And in any case, I, I, I'm going to say this plainly. If the Magic miss the playoffs this year, end up with the 8th or ninth pick, 
I'm not sure that player isn't going to be better than Dennis Smith Jr. Even looking at, even as bad as this draft class kind of is, it's it's not a great class. Dennis Smith hasn't lived up to the expectations so far in his career. And certainly this year has been a step back, partially because of role. But also, if he were that good, they'd find a way to make it work. So again, this whole rumor has red flag, has, has alarm bells ringing in my head. Like, what's the problem here? And so you see the contours of what a deal might look like. And that takes me to the next rumor that popped up late last week. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Undoubtedly, I I think the most sought-after player on the Orlando Magic roster at this trade deadline is going to be Terrence Ross. Yes, Nikola Vucevic is the best player on the team and has an expiring contract and should be a guy that a lot of playoff teams are circling to, to add that extra boost if they're a little short at center. Milwaukee certainly is, is maybe a team that could use a player like Vucevic, especially with the way he's playing this year, you know, over even a guy like, like Brooke Lopez, which is ironic because for a long time we talk about exchanging Vuce and, and Brooke Lopez for for each other. Vooch just turned out to be the better player, at least at this stage of their careers. But Terrence Ross is affordable, is a plug-and-play player that can fit in any system and make an impact immediately, doesn't have some of the same shortcomings that Vucevic does, and so I think Ross is going to have a lot of value. And in fact, it's been reported by several outlets that teams are pushing for Terrence Ross with the Orlando Magic, but the Magic are insisting that they try and take Simmons instead. And it, it has hurt the Magic that Simmons has not had a very good season. It really has had a terrible season by almost any standard. And so it came out last week, uh, Sean Devaney of Sporting News reporting that the New Orleans Pelicans want to make a push for Terrence Ross. They're obviously trying to make the playoffs and build a team around Anthony Davis. And Ross would be a great fit in New Orleans just like he'd be a great fit everywhere because Terrence Ross is a just a good fit. The New Orleans, the, the Devaney reported that the Pelicans are one of the many teams, including Philadelphia and some others, willing to give up their first round pick in order to get a valuable player in return and solidify their playoff positioning. And New Orleans certainly could use that. New Orleans is actually in a position where, yeah, they should be kind of selling and betting the farm to bring in players like Ross to guarantee their playoff spot and to build their roster up. They don't need rookies. They don't need first-round picks. But again here, the theme emerges. This this important theme that I think we need to all be aware of and keep an eye on, That and I think the Magic are certainly, certainly willing to do. That a deal with New Orleans only works with Terrence Ross if you include Solomon Hill. Solomon Hill is worse than Terrence Ross. He's been injured most of the year. Not a great shooter. 
you know, cashed in on a big contract when a lot of, you know, when a lot of teams probably wouldn't have given him the contract that he got. Averaging only 3.9 points per game, never averaged more than than nine points per game in his career, six points per game, uh, career scoring average, 32.9% career three-point shooter, 31.6% this year. It's only appeared in 28 games for the Pelicans. I still don't understand why the Pelicans paid him so much. He's got one more year left on his deal after this one. And so if the Magic want to get New Orleans' first-round pick and New Orleans wants Terrence Ross, the cost of doing business is Solomon Hill. That's not appetizing to me. New Orleans' pick is not good enough. It's certainly not good enough. If, especially if they make the playoffs to give up Ross unless there are no other offers on the table. Remember what I said. It's important in these situations to ask yourself, why is this leaking? And honestly, in both these situations, I have to wonder if this information is leaking because talks are going nowhere and teams are trying to get better offers from other teams. They're trying to put information out there that this is what we're looking for. Make us a better offer. They're trying to drum up interest in something that isn't really there, perhaps. But again, I don't look at it as based on what the actual players involved in the room are. Like You can see the contours of the deal. You don't know what the final deal might be, but when this stuff comes out, You start looking at the cap sheets, you start looking at the spreadsheets, you start looking at the available players and assets, and you start to think, okay, this is the framework for how this works. Is this something that works? With Dallas, it would be Wes Matthews and Dennis Smith Jr. for Evan Fournier. Maybe a first-round pick. Or Harrison Barnes and Dennis Smith Jr. Again, I highly doubt that one. Or maybe Dallas is pushing to get Aaron Gordon involved, which I don't think the Magic would do. And a lot of people speculated that you know, especially after the Ringer article came out claiming that Aaron Gordon is in a, a really ill-fitting position, that 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 maybe teams are ready to jump on Aaron Gordon. I don't think the Magic are ready to. I don't think the Magic are going to deal him at this juncture unless they're getting a proven All-Star back in return. And so, yeah, you see the difficulties here. You see the difficulties of creating these deals. But again, I would note similar themes emerge. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Those themes are these. The Orlando Magic are going to find it very difficult with their available assets to get better players. That short-term goal of being better today and better in the future is extremely difficult to do. Evan Fournier 
has two more years left on his contract after this one at $17 million per year. It is a summer where teams are willing, where a lot of teams are going to have a lot of cap room. So maybe there is a team that says, we're not going to get those free agents. Sure, we'll take two more years of Evan Fournier, but you've got to take, to get this nice young player you like in return, you've got to take some dead money back. Magic already have some pretty dead money in Timofey Moskov. He's got one year left on his big deal, also worth about $17 million. You don't really ever exchange expiring contracts for expiring contracts. That's not really what, what happens. And so if the Magic want to acquire something good, want to acquire a nice young player, they're going to have to be willing to do one of two things. Trade their first round pick, which I've explained I don't think they'll do. Or agree to take on a big salary player who isn't living up to his salary. Sort of what the Jaron Grant deal kind of was. In that deal, the Magic traded Bismack Biombo, but took on dead salary in Timofey Mozgov, as well as Jaren taking a flyer on Jaron Grant in the final year of his contract. It cost them ultimately two second-round picks that they probably weren't going to get anyway. I don't think those second-round picks are, are very consequential in the end of the day. But yeah, continue to definitely criticize Weltman and Hammond for their management of second-round picks. It, it, is, it is a fair criticism of, of, of their, their tenure so far. And so again, I mentioned this only to say these are the contours of the deal. This is the cost of doing business. The Magic are likely, if they're looking to improve the team this year with the kind of players they want to find, are likely going to have to be willing to take on big salary. Their turn in free agency is still a few years away. And so whatever deal the Magic are trying to make at the deadline this year, they're likely making a deal that will commit them to a very similar team for the next two or three years. Whether the Magic try and make a push for Terry Rozier and get his restricted free agency rights or D'Angelo Russell and get his restricted free agency rights, They're committing to a team long-term. And so whatever deal they make, outside of bringing in a, a guy in a rookie contract like Dennis Smith Jr., and again, I, I, my, the alarm bells in my head are, are ringing. Like, something's not something's up here. And I haven't watched enough Dennis Smith Jr. to say whether it's his play or not. But something, something doesn't smell right to me on this. And I like Dennis Smith Jr. I liked him in the draft process. I thought he was exactly what the Magic needed, and I may still think that. It's something I want to do my research if if I'm Jeff Weltman. More research, that is, than what I've done already. What's clear is the contours of a deal for the Magic require them to do this and require them to invest in a team today to know that this is the team they're going to have for several years and believe that that will take them ultimately in the direction they want to head. The questions of Nikola Vucevic's contract in the summer and Terrence Ross's in the summer follow this same pattern. Orlando is preparing to commit to a group and a core for the next several years. 
And so they want to make sure that it is a core that can continue to move forward, not one they will be, quote-unquote, stuck with. And those are the stakes at this trade deadline. One of my big reminders at the trade deadline for, for everyone who's just itching for action, and yes, I agree, the Magic need to flip this roster over still. That includes Nikola Vucevic, I think, even though he's been the, the team's best player by far. But trading him is conceding the playoffs, and they're not doing that. They shouldn't do that. They should be trying to win. By the same token, though, by the same token, though, they have to be cognizant of how long they're willing to commit to the, to that group. Eventually, Mo Bamba's going to be ready to take over and Vucevic will have lived out his purpose, so to speak. Because Bamba's ceiling is much higher than Vucevic's is. Until then, Vucevic's a pretty good option to have. He's clearly a, an all-star caliber player this year, at least. And so for now, we just have, I guess, the outline of what the trade deadline is going to look like for the Magic. There's still a long way to go. Three weeks is an eternity in the NBA. Remember, six days ago, not even five days ago, four days ago, we were talking about the Magic got to see what they can get for Terrence Ross. Whatever they can get, take it. Whatever they can get for Nikola Vucevic, take it. The season's over. Two days later, the Magic are game out of the final playoff spot and in the fight once again, looking to make a move that will improve the team in the short term as well as the long term. And I'll say this too. As much as Dallas seems to be trying to push a Dennis Smith Jr. trade out on the world right now, I'm not convinced they are. I'm not convinced they have to do this today. I think they can wait and bide their time. And I think some of this noise we're hearing is Dallas trying to say, we don't like the offers we're getting. Let's see if we can drum up more interest. And if it's not there, we'll wait. They don't have to make a move. The leverage isn't there to make a move today. Especially as Dallas fades out of the playoff race a little bit. Again, right now, it's about the outlines of a deal. Because there is such a long way to go before the trade deadline. So store it in your back pocket. Keep it in mind. Understand this discussion and hold on tight until we get to the very end. This won't be the last time we discuss these kinds of rumors involving the Magic. The Magic will be involved in a lot of rumors coming up. What they ultimately do is still a huge mystery. What they can do, what they can accomplish... You can begin to see that outline on the horizon. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked on Magic. Of course, find us on Twitter at Locked on Magic and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, and all the fun places to download podcasts to your podcast-enabled listening device. You can find me on Twitter at R underscore OMD. And of course, for the latest on the Orlando Magic, be sure to check out orlandomagicdaily.com. That's going to do it for me today, though. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode for Orlando Magic Daily and Locked on Magic. This has been Philip Rossman-Reich. I'll see you all again next time for another episode of Locked On Magic. You are Locked On Magic, 
your daily Orlando Magic podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.